What's going on, everybody? Um, so excited for you guys to jump on for this conversation today. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be fire. So prepare yourselves. So I'm Andrew. And I'm Janelle. And we are here with his and her perspective because we are better together. So yes, we are super excited about today's guest. We have invited her on and she so graciously graciously said yes. And so um, our guest today is Lady Cecilia Matthews. She is a wife, a mother, and a co-pastor, also an entrepreneur. Um, and so we just really thought she fit our our. Um, our specialty, our, our focus of our um, of our ministry page, our marriage page, it's faith, family, and business, and um, she is just doing that. And so we're super excited to have her on. Um, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How about yourself? We're doing good. Um, we have had technical difficulties, but we are here. So. <laughs> Yes. So um, just so we can introduce you to some of our guests who may not know you, a lot of our mutual friends do know you, some serve under you. Um, can you tell us just a little bit about you? Awesome. Well, my name is Prophetess Cecilia Matthews, Lady Cecilia Matthews. I have been married now for 14 amazing years to Bishop R.J. Matthews. We are currently residing in Houston, Texas. We originally started our ministry, um, Kingdom Vision International Church in Columbus, Mississippi. We were there for 13 to 14 years. And just this January, we moved to Houston, Texas, and we are the currently pastors of the Harvest Church here in Houston. I'm a mother of three amazing children, Robert, Micah, and Faith. And I have the awesome privilege of leading a great group of women where I am a future Cadillac sales director with Mary Kay Cosmetics. And I've been doing that for four years. Awesome. Awesome. Right. We'd love to see it. We've watched your journey. So we are we are just so excited for y'all and what y'all are doing in Houston now. Um, and so, you know, we really it's it's International Women's Month. It's March. And so, you know, we were looking at who we could have on as a guest. And um, really what really pushed me to reach out to try to even schedule you was I was reading um, in a book called Godmothers by Lisa Bevere. She's a minister. And um, in the chapter, she was talking about her, her, and it was in her first chapter, she was talking about, you know, her, her years as a young wife and a mother, um, and even in ministry, I believe her husband was more in ministry at the time than she was, um, but she still found herself in the ministry, and she was noticing all the things she didn't want to be, but she didn't quite know how to become the thing she wanted to be, um, and so she recognized this gap in her life. And when she looked around, she didn't even see anybody who could really help her. You know, all she saw was people who were in her same position. And so in this book, she's talking about um, godmothers in the sense of women who can help fill the gap and whatever that looks like. But, you know, even in this case specifically, you know, as a wife, as a mother and, and as a woman in ministry, um, whether that ministry is more forefront or behind the scenes, it's still a different demand on life. And so, um, you know, we're just looking around and it's hard. It is hard to find the godmothers. And so, you know, we really, I look at you as one, you know, I, I look at you, you know, you have a, a family, you're happily married because we have to make that difference. You know, I don't tell people I'm married. I say I'm happily married. Um, and, you know, you have beautiful children, you have a ministry, but you're also pursuing business. And I love that um, as somebody who feels called to business also. And so, um, you know, and I know some people don't have mentors. Some people have to just give what they never had 
but some people get to pass heritage down. And so I was just wondering for you, did you have a mentor um, for somebody to help be a role model in your life as a woman and a mother called to ministry? Or do you feel like you've been more of a forerunner? I love it. I love that question. Actually, it's probably one of the um, things that's nearest on my heart right now. Well, actually on my heart right now. For years, I longed for that personal mentor, someone that I could aspire to, someone that I could look up to and say, hey, this is the example or um, find someone that I could actually you know, just kind of watch their page, watch their life, follow them, follow their ministry. Um, there were several women that I watched from afar. Um, just one to name Medina, Dr. Medina Poons is one that I absolutely love. I love her life. I love what she does with her family, her ministry. Um, and I love her heart for Jesus and for the women that are connected to her. Um, not necessarily um, saying that she's a spiritual mother in my life, but she's definitely a mentor, someone that I look up to. Um, but that personal one-on-one -on -one touch, I've never had that. Um, I either get what I like to call friend zone or sis zone. I get sis zone so much because I guess because of my attitude, the way that I care myself, I seem to uh, have a certain level of maturity, which I do. I, I'm pretty mature. <laughs> um, but women often want to either befriend me or they don't think that I necessarily need that. So I didn't have that as an example. So I've decided to just be a forerunner. I've just kind of given myself to that, um, that God would position me to be able to lead other women to have what I did not have. And um, mm -hmm. so I just kind of give, I give from that place. I don't necessarily have a person that I can pinpoint and say, this is the person that is mentoring me right now spiritually. I don't necessarily have that, no. That's so good. And, and you know, ultimately God does fill those gaps in our life, you know, however he chooses. And, you know, obviously social media has allowed us to, to glean from people's lives, you know, um, I think that's good what you said because um, obviously I'm not a, I'm not a woman or a mother I'm a father, but um, on that spectrum I think it's important even people that may listen to know even if you don't necessarily have that you sometimes God may use you like you said to be the forerunner or be the one that says you know I didn't have it you know I'm not going to look at it as a regret or you know be rejected or whatever but maybe God wants to start a new thing through my life or, you know, and not only that, I can be more, uh, how to say, I can have more compassion. I can be more sensitive to people that may feel like that because I've been there also. So I think that's a um, a big thing because I, I think in our generation, we, um, where we do ministry, we, we're around a lot of younger, uh, more of the millennial generation. And, you know, one thing that comes up is spiritual mothers and spiritual fathers, which I, I believe is important. But I think sometimes people can get hung up on the idea if they don't have somebody at the moment or in, the, in their life, life, you know, that, you know, God is still the good God. You know, he's, you know, um, you know, he's still Abba Father to us. And so like the scripture says in Proverbs, you know, even when our father and our mother forsake us, you know, he will uphold us. He will he will be there for us in that process, you know, whether we when, when it does happen or maybe it doesn't happen in the way we, you know, like. So I just I think that's amazing. Yes, it's definitely something that um, I, I push for people. I do believe in spiritual mothers, spiritual fathers. But like I said, it's been abused. The term has been abused. It's been misused, mishandled. Um, and so for me in my walk, in my journey, I was looking for it because I felt like um, I needed someone that I could replicate or duplicate. I was just like, I need somebody there for that. But the Lord told me that I was creating you to be a pattern. 
And so sometimes when you're being a pattern or a forerunner, there isn't a path that's already treaded. You start the path. So I basically have created, you know, I just created this system, whereas I seek the father. Now, I don't say I, I do have spiritual fathers. I do have a spiritual father that I absolutely love. And honestly, my husband is my one of my biggest mentors when it comes to just ministry. What he does in ministry, I don't believe I don't even believe I would be saved living for God and on fire for God if it wasn't for my husband. So um, I don't disregard him in that. But I was just saying from a female perspective, I do not have it in that place. But from the spiritual father, I do have it in um, my spiritual father, Bishop Shelton Beatty. And also my husband is a mentor of mine as well. So yeah, that's so good. And, you know, even in the book, that was one of Lisa Bevere's marks at the beginning of the book was that, you know, God told her, you're not going to have a mentor. You're going to give what you didn't have. And I want you to look back at what you wish you had and be that for others. And so obviously, you know, that's kind of even similar to what you're doing. Um, in all honesty, I kind of feel like that's with me, you know, you're looking around and you're like, he's like, no, you be, you become, you know, what, what you're looking for. And, um, you know, it's good because, you know, we learn so much in the journey. I can definitely re relate, you know, with the husband aspect. I feel the same way <laughs> if it weren't for Andrew. Um, but so you said y'all have been married, you and your husband, um, have been married for 14 years and y'all been serving in ministry for 14 years. Uh, yeah, so we've been pastoring for 14 years. We've been married for 14. We got married December 9, 2006. We started pastoring. Uh, I think I moved to Houston December the 10th. And just from there, it's just been up. Um, definitely been traveling with him in ministry for by two or three years prior to that. But okay. yeah, just pastoring for 14. Wow. Wow. So when you first started, were you more behind the scenes or did you serve up front from the get? How was that? <laughs> <laughs> really funny um I actually started I've been preaching now for 16 years so okay. it was kind of evident that I would be I would have an upfront position um not so much in the administration or working with um just the ins and outs the day in and day out of the ministry but I definitely was one of the speakers preachers ministers um I led the women's ministry started the youth ministry started the uh I serve ministry for the volunteers so I definitely did some things up front. Okay. So you were you were kind of doing ministry before y'all got married then. Is yeah. that yeah. okay? Yeah. Awesome. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. So what was it like transitioning from just being a single woman in ministry to a wife in ministry and then eventually even to a mother in ministry? Because ministry itself definitely requires time, attention, energy, but marriage does, family does. So how has each like transition been for you? So I guess from single, oh Lord, I don't even remember that phase because <laughs> it was like short lived. Um, we started dating and then immediately uh, kind of got married, maybe like a couple of months after that. So it was short lived. We've have we have been like I said, we've been doing ministry together for a while. I was just his best friend. I was my husband's best friend. So being single, I was still connected okay. to his personal ministry. Um, yeah. So that transition wasn't as hard because I've been. Um, I was nurturing or not nurturing. I was developing or, you know, well, I would say nurturing, nurturing the gift and learning, mm -hmm. learning how to um, serve him, because that was one of my um, biggest goals is that I 
we've, we've said this early on that, that we didn't want ministry to cause us to divorce. So we both had in our minds, both of us were pre preachers. We both had kind of, we were itinerary preachers, if that's a term that we use. Mm -hmm. um, so we were both traveling, ministering and things like that, but we didn't want that to interfere with our personal life. So we made vows to date often or to make sure that it was quality time or when we came to the kitchen table had nothing to do with church or ministry or people. So moving from single, I had a lot more time to do more things, but we got married. I immediately got pregnant. We're not going to talk about that. Um, so <laughs> I got pregnant. So I immediately became a mom. So I had to adjust my schedule pretty quickly. So everything happened for me within like the first year of marriage. I became a wife. I became a first lady and a mom all in one year. So I had to prioritize pretty well there. So the transition was fun, but it, it wasn't hard, but it was fun. Mm. That's good. Okay. So, okay. So that helps to know that because, okay, what was ministry like with young children? How did you get through that period? Well, I was 22 years old. Let's start with that. So being okay. 22, a first lady and uh, a wife was very difficult. And I'm going to say for this reason, because I was always looked at, looked at as I was too young to do all of them. Um, so they were like, you're too young to preach. You're too young to be a mom. You're too young to be a wife. You don't know what you're doing. You don't know how to dress your children. You don't know, you know, all those things. So it was very difficult that first, you know, couple of years just trying to find my position and basically own and get and gain some self-confidence in those areas I had to learn everything I was learning how to love uh, women in ministry I was learning how to uh, to take care of spiritual children and take care of my own personal children so it was it was a very interesting transition <laughs> to say mm -hmm. the least um, but once I gained my self-confidence, it was it was pretty easy for me. Uh, once I realized who I was and that these were my babies and this was my husband and this is the church that God gave to me and I took ownership of those things, then I kind of shut out all the outside noise and I began to develop uh, my own personal pattern for mm -hmm. what that looked like. That's good. And I think that's important because in this age of Google and social media, you know, where sometimes we expect to have the blueprint already printed out for us or be able to find the formula or find the solution. Sometimes it's something internal that has to get birthed out and, and broken out, really, you know, like in our brokenness, do we find, you know, the strength a lot of times. And so I think that's really good even just to share that, like it just came to a point where that confidence had to be born in me and that ownership, I had to take it like, that this is mine, this is what God gave me. And so this is how I'm going to choose to steward it with all my different details of my life. So I think that's really good because I think sometimes people are waiting, like we said, you know, we're waiting for someone to show us when God's like, you know, partner with me, you know, listen to me, seek me and I'm going to lead you. Um, so I think that's good. And, you know, we see you on the other side of it, you know, so you're still serving, you're still smiling, you're still beautiful. So, you know, like you're here, praise God. So I love it. Um, and, you know, but we need to see that, you know, we need to see women on the other side too, that, you know, you got through that first season, you know, you got through being a first lady and a, and a wife and a mother and all of that, you know, at a young age. So, um, and also, you know, just to give confidence to women who may be struggling, like, you know, they feel God's calling them to more or them and her and her husband. And like, yeah, it's quite possible. You can say yes and not have it all at the moment, you know, not, you know, and it had to be like a, a more open process. Um, and so, you know, one thing I even learned in my life, 
through God's faithfulness and also, you know, we often grow through trials. Um, are, were there any like specific hard seasons that you endured, whether it was you individually or as a family that you feel young or upcoming women or even, you know, more seasoned women and mothers that they could benefit from hearing, you know, how God met you? Yeah, um, I had a season of my life where I went through extreme depression um, and it was, I remember the year, it was 2016, 2016 was just a tough year for me, um, just seeing a lot of losses, um, losing grandparents, <clears throat> because my grandparents were very instrumental in my growth and my development, I love my grandmas, I lived with them, I ate at their table every year, so their passing was very, was very uh, hard for me, so that was like, um, a very, very, very hard season. But then also during that time frame, we also lost, well, I wouldn't say lost, they moved to other ministries. So that was that was difficult when you have people that you've developed, loved, given um, time, energy, impartation into, and to see them, you know, to move on to another place. Not to say that it was a bad thing or a bad separation. It was just hard for me. So during that time frame, I spent a lot of time uh, internalizing the separations. And it was, it was as if every person was leaving me. It wasn't that they were moving on to do better or to grow. I took it as a personal, uh, I guess a personal attack, I would say against me. Like, how could you leave me? Why are you leaving me? Um, so there will come times when those separations uh, will cause others or cause you as a woman in, of, of, uh, I would just say a, a lady in ministry, a pastor's wife, I would speak to her, um, that people are going to move on. They're not your people. I had to get that understanding that these are God's people. Even with my grandparents, I had to understand that mm -hmm. the, they're God's. They're not mine. You know, <laughs> I get them for a certain time frame. They've done their, their part in my life. And now it's time for them to move on. So now when people separate and go and do other things, literally that has helped me so much because people transition often. The people transition often. So teaching people how to transition properly and teaching them how to transition, right? It matters. It definitely matters. But I've gained strength through that season. So 2016 is just a mark on the calendar. It's no longer my season of mourning is what I had Uh called it but now God has brought me into my season of dancing um so even when you're going through those times of separation I would say to the young woman or to the first lady I would say hey talk to God you know find you someone to um vocalize how you're feeling I took time during that time frame to go to to conferences I would go to my conference to different ones of my friends conferences I wouldn't tell my members I would just go hide and lay at an altar because I needed to be poured into I needed to be prayed for this time I wasn't imparting I needed the impartation and I went to safe places that I could trust so my best friends um guest room or I went in like I said I just went to women's conferences and I would just lay at the altar and nobody knew my name I didn't know them or I would just you know just rest there so I would say to them during those times when you're going through if you don't have that mentor have that person to speak to um, then I would take time of course talk to God vocalize it to him vocalize it to your spouse but also take some time for you to get poured back into that's good that's good um that's good I think you know what you said um how you would go, how you would go and get um, poured back into you would go to conferences, different places. Uh, I think when, you know, sometimes, because um, we, we've been at a ministry now about a about a year now, we're associate pastors. And so, you know, sometimes like balancing family and balancing the kids and then, you know, or you're trying to serve other people and 
counseling and stuff like that, um, you know, we find, wow, you have to be demanding, like you said, on, I got to make time for myself also. Then we have to make time for each other, making sure we're, you know, doing date nights and just, you know, just having fun with each other. Um, but then I think uh, just kind of adding the conversation with, fem- with, with mothers and women and just dealing with, I, I, it seems like sometimes we may have to put ourselves out there um, if we don't have maybe, like you said, we don't have maybe the place to be filled, um, poured into, but sometimes, like you said, maybe, you know, I may have to go over there to that conference. I may have to kind of just be like, look, I just need to be poured into, you know, people you can trust, you know, really that place where you can be vulnerable and just be like, all right, look, I'm weak right now. I'm hurting right now. I'm going through if I'm, you know, depressed or whatever. And, um, I just think back even my own life and just the moments where, um, you know, you go through those hard moments and having the safe place to be able to be like, wow, I'm broken right now and not be crushed, you know, from the people, but yet be prayed for and poured back into. And uh, and I think knowing it's OK, you mm-hmm. know, sometimes I think especially getting ministry, you got to wear all the hats and you got to do this and that, you know, you feel like or um, of course, you can't do that in front of everybody because, you know, at the end of the day, everybody can't handle those things, you know, but. But to be able to know where, wow, I need to, you know, it's okay. Like, I'm, I'm not doing well right now. But so I can acknowledge it, like James said, confess it or whatever. So you can pray and then I can be healed. And um, I just love how you said that, you know, in those times, especially watching y'all's life and what how God has constantly just like, you know, taking y'all from, you know, one level of, you know, glory and his presence and success, you know. And to know while behind scenes, knowing, look, I gotta, I still have to get poured back into is vital, I think. Yeah. Yes, yeah. most definitely. My husband was the person, uh, he was my person in that moment. He actually was the one that said, okay, babe, you don't have to come to church Sunday. You don't have to show up this week. So it was like two Sundays I was out and he just sent me away. He sent me on a vacation. He was like, hey, you just need to go and just release. Because as a mom, it's a lot. As a wife, it's a lot. As a pastor's wife, it's a lot. Now God has equipped my husband to be able to carry certain things. But for all of us there, all of us all have a weight. Um, we have a weight class. <laughs> we all have a weight class and there's just a certain amount of weight that we're supposed to carry. And so I'm just grateful that he realized that I was out of my weight class and I needed to go let something off. I needed to go drop that off so that I can properly carry the things that I'm, I'm built to carry. Mm. So I'm, I'm very grateful for him for that. That's yeah. And that actually, you know, late, does lead to my next question because Andrew and I's tagline is that we're better together. You know, there's so much out there about it's, you know, girls rule the world and the future is female, but the future is male and female. And, you know, we're not, as women, we're not serving to prove anything. We're just serving to, to be approved by God and to serve him. And, and, you know, we're doing things according to what he desires for us. So, you know, Andrew and I, we have learned our our weaknesses and our strengths, you know, they work together. And so, you know, we see that with you and Bishop RJ as well. Y'all are two strong, strong people who do things separately, but then together. And so how have y'all learned to work together? What can you share about that? Girlfriend, we got us a schedule. We got us a schedule. The beautiful thing is my husband is, um, 
the ultimate supporter. So he is all things Cecilia Matthews. I don't care what everybody else got going on. He is all things Cecilia Denise Matthews. He don't play no games about that. So if I'm not happy and dreams aren't coming forth, then he doesn't feel fulfilled. So wow. we both in turn just kind of push each other towards goals. So when it comes to me in business, he celebrates all of my successes and he is my biggest cheerleader um, and vice versa. Most women don't like this term, but I love it. I love submission because I don't mind submitting to a mission that is 100% after God. I will follow my husband as long as he's following after Christ. And so I know he doesn't mean me any harm. So if he says no to a thing, I know that that means that he sees something in the future that's going to ultimately cause harm to me. So I don't have a problem with that. So submission is not a, a not a problem. So one of the things I would say is that one, we got a schedule and your girl is submitted. Like I am submitted to two the, S words. Yes. I'm a preacher. <laughs> so I'm submitted to his vision. So whatever his vision is, I'm going after that. And we have common goals. We have five month goals, six months, uh, 10 year goals. So everything lines up with where our goals are, because honestly, people don't have life scriptures. They don't have marriage scriptures. We have scriptures for our life That's that good. prepares for our future. So I don't mind. I don't mind submitting to a vision that is 100% God focused. Yeah. That's so good. So whenever y'all want to do the class on that, let us know and we will we will be there. Um, so or the marriage conference, whatever. Um, so but um transitioning to the business side of things, um, like as you said, you know, he supports you and your business goals. We I mean, I love that because obviously Mary Kay is definitely more geared towards women, although I know they have men's line. Um, I know everything they make is great, but um have you always been an entrepreneur or, you know, did that just come recently? And then how has building that business fit in with your life? Uh, so I actually started Mary Kay probably about 14, about 14 years ago, uh, 13 okay. years ago. So I've been doing it for a while. I took a break to raise my kids. I made a conscious decision that I wanted to be present in their, in their beginning stages of their life. That's the developmental stage. So I wanted to make sure that they knew my name. Okay, because a lot of people are spending a lot of time um, doing the work of the Lord and the, your children don't know your name. My husband says this, and I think it's key for married couples in the beginning stages to say this. He said, I'm not going to save the world and lose the ones with my last name, because at the end of the day, the church that we minister at is God's church. But Cecilia Matthews is his church. So he has to take care of me and the children that come from that is his church. So we we try to make sure that those priorities are there. I like to say, because um, priority can kind of get, I mean, not priority. Um, what's the word people use? Balance. People like to use the word balance, um, but I like to use priority. I mean, pri to prioritize. And the reason why I use that, priority, and the reason why I use that is because if I prioritize my children, then they will always, they will always know that I have the best interest at heart. So I put my, uh, put God, my husband and my family, um, that's first. And then every other ministry comes into place. So Mary Kay comes after um, ministry. So I've been able to balance that. Like I said, our schedule, and most people would probably run away from my schedule, but it is a continual cycle, but we've scheduled out our lives to make it work. 
That's good. That's so good. So that kind of goes even into the next question because, you know, obviously it's like, how do y'all do it all? Um, <laughs> you know, so scheduling, um, what, what, what is like one thing you could tell us about scheduling real quick? So, because I know we're, we want to get you, but. No problem. So scheduling says this, again, go back to the P word, prioritize. What is priority right now? So for our children, we realize this, that our son is 13. And that means in six years or less, probably four or five years, we're not going to have a presence in his life because the world, he's going to go out to college and do different things. That's priority right now. I need my voice in his ear. I need my face in his face. And I need to see um, what he's seeing. I need to be there and for my other children as well. Like I said, this is the developmental stages. So you want to schedule those priorities. I make sure that they're baseball because that's what they want to do in the future so they're they're in baseball basketball um faith is doing soccer um my husband is you know developing a ministry so there are times where he's going to be gone for two or three hours or even a whole day at a time but he is so good with his schedule that he is going to make sure that the beginning of the day is for um the church but then he takes care of his other church at night so that's me and the kids and so he takes kids to practice he is going to be at baseball games he's going to show up at basketball games and which is one of the reasons why I do Mary Kay it gives me the flexibility to be able to do what I love um I look at doctors and lawyer schedules and they're spending 70 80 hours to make six figures I make six figures working 20 to 25 hours a week and I'm still present with my children and family so yeah, they, I, they, they don't miss their mommy. They get an opportunity to be in the face of their mom. And if it's going to interfere with that, then no is an anointed word. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Jesus. That's so good. Uh, yes. That's good. <laughs> Got anything? Um, you know, I was uh, just to tag on what you were saying about the kids. You know, I, I dropped um, our oldest son. He's four now. Um, he, I dropped him off at school. And uh, when I, it's kind of school slash daycare right now, but I dropped him off like the first few, like the last few days. And he walked in with the teacher and then he, I was like, all right, Zachary, I love you. Have a good day, bud. And then, so he walks, he, he walks in then turns back around and runs back out and gives me a hug. And then he runs back in and he's good. And in that moment, I was like, I was like, I didn't, I was trying to figure out. And what just hit me was it probably made him proud that, well, I'm going to school, but yet, you know, I'm covered, mm -hmm. you know, and I, and I almost kind of tear it up because, of course, he's not in sports and stuff like that yet, but or, you know, wh whether he wants to do instruments, which I believe he does, but I begin to think like, wow, I have to be there. you know, I have to be there for him, whether it's a game or whether it's a recital or something, you know, whatever it may be, and just to think just the, the fact to be there you know, how that makes such a difference, you know, in your children's life. And I think you, what you just said about business and how the priority and really how even business, having the right business and um, mm -hmm. going after that kind of opens the schedule because sometimes that is the battle when um, people want to get into business, but then they try to do business um, and it may not be taken off. So they still have to work or, you know, whatever that balance is. So how did you transition from doing, say, a nine to five to um, jumping, just saying, look, I'm going entrepreneur. I'm, I got to do this. Um, I love yeah. it. Good question. So basically, though, most people, when they try to make that transition, they don't do it well. 
Um, and the reason why I say that is because they completely cut off their job and start the entrepreneurship. That is a no-no because you have a family and you still got to feed the kids and the light still got to stay on. So you balance it out. Wherever I have a moment to give to the work that God has put in my heart to do, I'm going to do that more. I'm going to put more emphasis on it because that's where the blessing is. That's where the financial prosperity is. It's in the word of the Lord. Whatever he spoke over me and told me to do, that's where the blessing is. So right now I'm really just working this job to maintain until I can get myself where I need to be. I would, I would personally say to any person that is desiring to launch out in entrepreneurship, I would do it with the backing of, a, um, of your regular nine to five. But after five, give it everything that you have. Because if you're gonna give your time, energy, and money, in space and your children's time to somebody else surely you can put that same amount of energy and work into your own personal business discipline is the word of the year when it comes to entrepreneurs is that we aren't disciplined enough is that you start doing those entrepreneurial things and you lose the discipline that you had when you were working your nine to five so i wouldn't i wouldn't lose my discipline i would increase it um so that i can um so that I can maximize my time, my space, and my money. Mm. That's good. That's good. Yeah. God, I, that was my word for the year is discipline. So That's good. <laughs> it, or else everything is going to start flowing. It's going to be like a river without banks. It's going to start flowing over into everything else. When you discipline, you have banks, you have territories, you have yes. boundaries. So now everything isn't just flowing over into each other they have a space they have a time it has a, a goal you know so but when I became a Mary Kay director I put some time into me I was like you know what I take a chance on everybody else baby it's time to take a chance on me and yeah. I know I can do this so yeah that's what I did that's good and we see we see the success from it all too and, and it's it's awesome like we celebrate you for it because you know I know it means so much for you to have that time freedom um so I just um, one thing I did, I put out on my Instagram stories. I said, we're going to do this podcast. And I said, does anybody have questions for you? And okay. I had two ladies actually from my church. They wanted to know, how do you make your husband a priority in all of this? Or how does he make sure he, he knows he's a priority or, you know, how do you do that? Because they want, they want to know. Okay, well, ladies, make them a priority. <laughs> no, seriously. Um, one of the things that I know for a fact is that prior to me having children, prior to the church, that was RJ and I. So I always make sure that I never lose focus on him. So I'm always asking him questions like, what's new? Because like for me, I've changed steak sauces. I know that may not be big to you. But if my husband comes to the, if we go to a restaurant now and he tries to give me Heinz 57, I don't like it anymore. I like a one. So now he is not meeting a need anymore. So I try to always stay up on my husband. What's new about you? What do you like now? Like, what's your favorite book? What's your, you know, you know, I used to buy him Bibles all the time. I think I got him every version, every translation. I don't <laughs> ran out of Bible ideas, but now he's into books. So now who's your favorite author? What do you love? And so I make sure that I am discovering him often. We are always discovering each other because he's new. Lord, he changed every day. So it's <laughs> something new about him every day. And whatever he loves, I just try to feel that void. So if he's in love with a book, let me get your Amazon card so that you can um, go get the books that you want to get. Um, I'm horrible at gift giving, but you know, nevertheless, <laughs> I just try to make sure that I put him at the top of my list. 
That's good. That's good. I know that's that is one thing when I was like thinking over it, I was like, man, you know, it's not just make him feel like a priority, but, you know, make sure that he is a priority, like start there and then, you know, the actions come. Um, so lastly, I just wanted to ask this question um, as a woman, even, you know, as a mother of young children, I know sometimes the thoughts I go through um, about this topic, but what have you learned about taking time for yourself? Um, have you had any trouble doing it? Do you have trouble taking time for yourself now? Or, you know, how have you made that work for you to take time for yourself? Because I know you even alluded back, you know, in 2016, you realized like, wow, I just need to go do this. I don't need to tell anybody. I'm just going to go on my own. And I think sometimes when you've been used to doing life alongside of somebody, doing something by yourself or for yourself sometimes can feel a little weird. Um, when you have kids, you know, you're like, well, I know how much, you know, raising these kids you know, I know the time and the energy it takes for me. I don't want to like put them all on you, but at the same time, I need, I need just a little bit of space. And so, you know, what have you learned about taking time for yourself that might, would help somebody? Oh, girl, I love that question. Uh, well, I would honestly say this, it goes that P word priority again. <laughs> um, if there is no, it's the same people say no happy wife, happy, have to have a happy wife. You have a happy life. But honestly, I took a, I did an exercise with this lady. Her name is uh, Dr. Gina Jerkins and she is amazing, but she made us write down our top five people on our plate. And I wrote all these names down on the plate. I had my son, my husband, my family, my boss, you know, all those people. And she said, okay, so look back at the plate. And I looked at the plate again. She said, is your name on there? And I was like, no, I didn't even write myself on my plate. She said, write the top five people in your life. Well, I'm thinking, well, that's everybody else. But what she showed me was this, is that if you're not on the plate, then none of these other people will be able to function. So if you're not whole, if you're not doing things for yourself, if you're not making yourself a priority, if, if during that season of depression, I wasn't good for anybody. I wasn't good for my kids. I wasn't good for my husband. I wasn't good for the church. So it wasn't until I became whole that I was able to give again, or else I was just giving out of broken pieces. So I wanted to give from a whole place and not give from a broken place. So you can be a better mom if you take care of yourself. If you go get your nails done every now and then, if you go add, you know, just take a spa day, go get a moment where you go get a massage. You've got to prioritize yourself or else they're going to get a 25% version of you, whereas they need a 100% version of you. So you got to do it. You got to prioritize. That's good. Yeah, I Oh, that was good. Uh, awesome. I think, you know, I believe this is going to help some people. Do you have any final remarks, anything stirred up in you while we were talking, you know? Yes. No. So I'm good. I thank you all again for allowing me the opportunity to be a part of the podcast. Um, you definitely have an amazing family. Been watching you all for a distance. Mr. Andrew, Pastor Andrew, so good to see you operating in your gift and your calling and then married this beautiful wife. Um, and you guys are doing an amazing job raising those children and pastor. And so just excited to see your journey. Thank you again. Thank, thank, thank you. you. Thank, thank you so you. much. So we just want, we want you to be able to let the people know where they can find you on Instagram. Do you have any sermons on YouTube or your Mary Kay, whatever you want to share about yourself. Girl, they've been stealing my sermons. I didn't even know I was on YouTube, but anyway, I'm on YouTube Ooh. somewhere. Just type my name in. I got a couple of sermons out there somewhere. I don't even know who it's connected to. Um, but also you can go to, um, 
at C Cecilia, C-C-Y-C-E-L-I-A on Instagram. I'm on TikTok. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, Cecilia Denise Matthews. And I'm Mary Kay. Okay. So hit me up on Mary Kay, Mary Kay.com and uh, type my name in Cecilia Matthews and you'll find me there. Awesome. Well, we are so grateful you came on today. We've been blessed. I got some tools in my pocket. So yeah. I just really appreciate you sharing your journey and, and taking this time with us. So we until next time. Yeah, bless you. Thanks again. We love you. Give your family our love and greetings. And uh, to all our followers, thanks for joining. Um, listen, you wanna you wanna um, definitely get a notepad and you may you may even need to rewind and take some notes. And I believe there's a lot of things we can take out of this. So until next time, God bless you. Love you guys. Bye. Okay, bye. Thank you so All right, much. Thank you. You're welcome. Love y'all. All right. Thanks for the time. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye-bye.